Hi, it's Connor Svensson here, founder and CEO of Web3 Labs, and this is your week in blockchain on Monday, the 21st of June, 2021. The highlights this week include Tim Berners-Lee, creator of the World Wide Web, selling his first NFT, MicroStrategy's latest Bitcoin purchase, Tesla might start accepting Bitcoin again, uh, BitDAO pre-launch raising $230 million, Mark Cuban on DeFi and Goldman are planning to support Ether options. Tim Berners-Lee, the creator of the World Wide Web, has listed a uh, NFT uh, that he's going to be selling on Sotheby's. And uh, this NFT is an NFT that contains like a, a digital poster, but also um, source code for the early parts of the World Wide Web that he worked on. So for those of you who are you know, slightly geekier like me on this, basically he's got uh, the actual Python code uh, that was used for creating uh, the HTML um, markup language, the HTTP protocol that's used for web browsers talking to web websites and URIs, which is like the addressing layer used of, of the internet. The actual auction starts on June the 23rd with bidding starting at $1,000, but I'm sure it's going to be getting a lot higher than this. Uh, and the actual proceeds of the sale will be going to initiatives supported by Tim Berners-Lee and his wife. Yeah, so it's it's huge news. And it, it's also great to see like one of these, such a significant person, you know, find, creating an NFT like this. So I often think about how if you were to get like a version of the Ethereum white paper, for instance, that was signed by Vitalik or the you know the yellow paper by Gavin Wood, um, there could be some really interesting uh, NFTs that could be created by these significant technical innovators as well. So it'll be really fun to see how this goes forward. Uh, Elon Musk's been uh, tweeting again about Bitcoin. Uh, this time, he basically said that uh, Tesla will resume uh, allowing Bitcoin transactions if there's confirmation of uh, you know reasonable, i.e., 50% uh, clean energy use by miners, uh, which did rise the price of Bitcoin by approximately 1%. Apparently, the tweet was in response to a Cointelegraph story where someone was accusing uh, Musk of a Bitcoin pump and dump scheme after Tesla bought a whole load of Bitcoin uh, and, and then actually you know sold some of this exposure at the peak. Um, but Musk uh, responded saying that uh, you know this wasn't the case and that they were just checking the liquidity of the market there. Um, but again, the story is obviously not over yet with uh, Tesla and Bitcoin here. MicroStrategy as well have been continuing to plough more and more funds into Bitcoin too. So uh, this time um, they've announced that they, they did like a 500 million offering of secured notes, which basically they then used to buy more Bitcoin. And so the expectation here is that, um, you know, with, with this latest purchase, they'll be able to take their Bitcoin holdings to uh, up to over 100,000 Bitcoin, um, which is obviously a huge number. Uh, they've also spoken about uh, having a $1 billion stock offering as well. And this was announced just after they closed this uh, this this funding round. So of course, it's going to be another way for investors to get you know more exposure to more Bitcoin via MicroStrategy. There, there's been a very interesting project that's bubbled up uh, this week as well called. Uh, BitDAO. Um, so DAOs are decentralized autonomous organizations, basically organizations that live on code on a blockchain and are governed decentrally. Um, and so, you know, what's fascinating here, though, is that this DAO project hasn't actually launched yet, uh, but it's been backed by um, Peter Thiel, uh, Founders Fund, uh, Pantera Capital and Dragonfly Capital. Um, and then other participants, including Jump Capital, uh, Fembishi and the Synthetics uh, founder as well. So there's some really interesting interesting people getting behind this this raise and so given it's it's not actually launched yet the only information that really is available is that they're planning to promote and propel the mass adoption of open finance and the decentralized token economy so 
Potentially a fascinating project, but we shall see. Mark Cuban as well, uh, he put out a lengthy blog post this week talking about how he believes DeFi will be the next great growth engine for the US market. The actual post was called The Brilliance of Yield Farming, Liquidity Providing and Valuing Crypto Projects. They did uh, call out the US government and regulators that they needed to get start getting behind a lot of these innovations such as DeFi, because uh, otherwise the US might actually um, you know, miss out on the, the next big growth engine uh, that, that the country needs, in his words. He was actually quite direct as well, calling out the absolute stupidity, to quote him, uh, of the regulators there. Uh, and he believes that in the next tw- 10 to 20 years that people will look back at this period of time and seeing it as very, very you know, pivotal and that world-changing companies companies were built and certainly you know DeFi being a, a big portion of that so again it's um you know it's, it's fascinating that he's really you know being quite vocal here and also quite critical about the the speed at which the US regulators are responding he did also though uh, funnily enough shortly after this post uh, make calls for DeFi regulation after his in, uh, an investment went to zero so there was a cryptocurrency that launched called Titan uh, and the actual token shed nearly 100% of its value after a few hours uh, Mark Cuban said that he'd uh, had a small percentage of his portfolio in it, but now he's suddenly saying that he wants to see increased uh, regulation, especially around stable coins. So, um, you know, he obviously got burnt there. It's, it's not worked out that well for him, but it's also at the same time, there's a certain irony there that this happened just after he was talking about this this project. The Thai SEC, they've actually uh, banned a number of types of crypto this week as well. So meme coins such as uh, Dogecoin, fan coins as well that are just you know, created by fans for certain events and so on and uh, exchange tokens plus nfts of so trading of these has all been banned uh, they obviously want to sort of you know stamp down on some of the slightly more um well, I guess the the more innovative types of tokens, and so meme tokens, obviously, as we said, that that's Doge, um, but also NFTs as well, which have seen huge amounts of growth this year too. They want to actually see those not being traded anymore. Um, but then to exchange tokens as well. So these would be the tokens that are issued by, for instance, Binance, Uniswap, FTX, that uh, provide incentives for for the actual users of the platforms, uh, which reduces like their trading commission fees. Um, in in the case of say Binance. Um, but then also, um, you know, where people on the Uniswap, for instance, where people are contributing to liquidity pools, they get compensated in the uh, the Uniswap token as well. So it's a, it's not so good news for the market there. But um, again, we'll have to just see how this evolves. Goldman Sachs have said that they're planning to start trading Ethereum futures. They did embrace Bitcoin futures earlier this year, but again, it's very positive sentiment that they're going to you know start supporting the, the second largest crypto after um, Bitcoin here. Morgan Stanley too, the number of different funds that are available to their wealth management clients too is expanding with uh, New York Digital Investment Group, um, NYDIG. Um, they've actually um, you know, created a new fund and this will be the fourth one that's going to be on offer to Morgan Stanley's uh, clients who want to get crypto exposure. So again, it's just more showing that they're embracing these products for their actual clients. We spoke last week about how El Salvador had um, implemented Bitcoin as legal tender there. However, the, um, the they reached out to the World Bank um, for uh, help um, with implementing Bitcoin as legal tender, but the World Bank's actually turned down their request. The reason for this was because their, their concerns about the environmental impact of um, Bitcoin and the, 
transparency shortcomings as well because of its pseudo anonymity associated with the accounts there. So it's no doubt a hit for El Salvador, but it's kind of understandable the World Bank's position on that. Uh, Grayscale, they're apparently uh, exploring a number of new investment products. They've been launching a large number of these exchange listed products um, for that provide exposure to a number of different um, cryptocurrencies as well as tokens. And so now they're looking at ones that are tied to Solano, Matic Labs, um, and also the One Inch Bancor Curve, the Internet Computer, and so on and so forth. So you know, clearly, there's a lot of demand for these tokens, and so they're they're continuing to find ways to offer them to investors. Moving on to en- enterprise news, Broadridge, their blockchain platform for the um, which supports the repo market, is already handling 31 billion worth of transactions daily, even though it launched uh, only a little more than a week ago. Uh, apparently, this is you know, much of this volume comes from their existing financial relationships uh, in in Europe and the US because they are a significant player there but nonetheless it's a, it's a significant volume although that being said of this 30 this 31 billion is still you know relatively small in comparison to the broader repo market which is approximately 2.6 trillion the, the overnight market that is a number of PayPal executives are going to be launching a cross border payments network it's called Six Clovers these former executives have recently announced this project um, and it's apparently a completely decentralized global payments network that will um, connect merchants, banks, and other payment providers, um, allowing them to transact digital currencies worldwide. There's obviously a lot of people already playing in this space, but given you know, that these guys are coming from PayPal as well, there's probably a very solid team with um, some good some some good relationships there that they're going to be able to leverage. Um, and and with this, they're actually taking on uh, the Swift payment system because they, they they feel that it needs you know more modern payment infrastructure that doesn't have all of these sort of efficiencies. The company Bitwise has raised uh, 70 million for a new round of um, investors. It's an asset manager which has over 1 billion in assets that has supports a wide number of different types of assets such as index funds. But they've also launched recently Bitwise Crypto Industry Innovators ETF. What they're going to use with this new raise is court new clientele uh, and enhance their brand uh, as a trusted partner in holding crypto for the long term. Uh, this raise of 70 million was at a 500 million uh, valuation. Uh, on the Binance platform, a decentralized Airbnb platform called D-Travel has uh, launched there. And so this so-called Airbnb competitor, uh, it provides um, joint ownership of the platform for both the, both the house owners as well as the house guests. Uh, so again, you know, as, as is always the case with these with these projects, when they launch, they want to ensure that there's you know, stakes available for the users of the platform. And it's, it's what we see time and time again, whether or not they'll be able to you know, impact Airbnb in any way, of course, remains to be seen. But uh, you know, nonetheless, it's fun to see these, these projects launching up um, with these innovative models. We've seen 15 Indian banks that have come together to form a blockchain trade finance consortium. It's called the Indian Banks Blockchain Infrastructure Company. They're focusing on uh, letters of credit, which is an area that uh, an, in a number of different trade finance platforms are already looking at. But having these, you know, these, these Indian banks all working in consortium here is really important to actually get these sorts of networks off the ground when they're working in heavily regulated industries like banking. But with the, the, the upside of this is that um, they, w- they will actually be able to move um, transaction times from four to five days through to you know, hours, basically. So it is significant. Moving on to protocol news, Polkadot's uh, Kusama network, their first parachain auction is going live uh, this week. And so this, this is basically uh, an auction event for, for slots so that projects can actually, um, in, in effect, be hooked in to the Kusama network in its main chain there. Um, and 
so it's, it's it's a big historic moment for this because as we spoke about previously how for the Polkadot network um, with the, the main Polkadot chain but also Kusama which is like the sort of experimental but not testnet chain for the network what they're doing is they're opening up a certain number of slots for auction these, these parachains it, to in effect um, plug into what's called the relay chain which is the main blockchain so to speak of the the, the polka dot network so the, the fact that this is you know moving forward is, is again a great sign of progress for that project um also also now the keep a new cipher protocols they've um, they've announced that they're now you know, getting on with their merge um, on ethereum and this is due to be happening in august and so what they're doing is they're actually merging together these two protocols and they're creating a new decentralized autonomous organization off the back of it and they're also calling out the fact that this provides a little bit more efficiency as well for the two different projects too because rather than you know both using duplicate sets of resources of the ethereum network having a single DAO there will make it uh, more efficient in the DeFi space the the singum platform they've they've announced that they're going to add banking services for DeFi tokens and so signum is a digital asset bank out of switzerland and singapore and what they've said is they're going to provide banking and custody trading services for um, Aave, uh, Aragon Curve, Maker, Synthetic, Uniswap and One Inch. So again, it's, it's a significant sort of move forward, especially given that, you know, they're really setting themselves up as a proper, you know, bank for these, these digital assets. The DYDX exchange has closed a $65 million round that was uh, led by Paradigm as well. So this is their Series C raise. Their Series B was uh, closed only in January of this year. So again, it's another project that's rapidly scaling up and uh, capitalizing off the back of all of the growth that we've seen in the industry that they have actually said as well that you know their goal is to be one of the largest crypto exchanges but they're looking at a sort of three to five year um, time horizon so being slightly more conservative with their ambitions especially when you see how quickly exchanges like FTX for instance have kind of sprung up and emerged to be leading exchanges almost overnight um, but again we'll, we'll, it'll be great to see how they how it plays out over the longer term the ledger live platform uh, they've they've provided their first DeFi platform integration with one called paraswap so ledger live is the platform used by the the ledger um hardware wallet devices and so a number of people you know use this uh, already but to actually provide the integration with the DeFi platform is, is is kind of a big step forward there apparently why they decided to go with paraswap versus others such as um, one inch um, and the ledger ceo said that um, it, it was down to like the the easy to use interface and this is of course like one of the big challenges that's faced with especially DeFi right now um, and you know blockchain more generally is that it's just not as simple or smooth as it should be when it comes to transacting with these networks and so again it's it's a positive step in the, the right direction but there's still a lot of work that needs to happen to really kind of you know optimize the experience for users because the ecosystem's out there but it just needs to be made easier for more people to, to work with it so also this week the kyber network as well that they're planning to bring more liquidity to ethereum by providing an integration uh, to polygon and DeFi platforms that are building on top of polygon so the idea really with this is it'll just make it easier for more liquidity providers, traders and developers to engage with, with DeFi, with, um, with Polygon, of course. The rate at which transactions can be performed is a lot higher than with uh, the main Ethereum network. Moving on to the uh, NFT news. So um, with the, the, the football tournament that's happening at the moment, uh, the European Cup, there's a Euro 2020 fantasy game uh, that's been launched on the football coin platform. Uh, the idea here is 
that they it's a free to play game with uh, NFT player cards and people can register for chances to to win prizes. Again, it's you know it's fun to see the kind of old and new being um, you know brought brought together here, especially with something that's so well established like fantasy football. Also, um, we've heard Space Force uh, set to launch satellite NFTs in conjunction with some actual launches that are happening. So what they've done is they've partnered with digital artist companies worldwide XR and View XR to release NFTs with augmented reality. Um, so, so basically what there are is that they, they've got these NFTs that are digital twins for certain satellites that are being launched into space. You go on the website, it's pretty cool to see like these, these different kind of space-based uh, NFTs there. Um, and there's, there's also going to be like a, obviously these VR type integrations too. So you can see it becomes a bit more immersive. Christie's, the auctioneer, have announced that going to be Europe's first auctioneer to accept cryptocurrency payments. So although there's been a number of different crypto things that have been sold, recently um, you know what they want to do is provide as a standard payment uh, option for things that are being auctioned so to tie in with this on june the 30th they've got the artist keith herring's untitled 1984 um digital work of art um, and the option is that there for the buyers to actually pay in cryptocurrency and the estimated price is in the kind of three three point nine to four point five million um burberry the the the, the fashion um company they've also launched their first nft as uh, via in-game clothing so they've worked there with um, mythical games uh, to actually create a play to earn a video game called blanco's block party uh, and what, what they have is they've got exclusive nft NFTs that are in 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 the game basically. So depending on how this how this goes, Burberry may well find that they go further down the NFT rabbit hole, so to speak. Media company Fox as well. They've launched a hundred million dollar fund for their new NFT studio. We mentioned previously that they had like this blockchain initiative they are working on with the um, the, the creators of Rick and Morty um, creating uh, what was it Crapopolis. Um, but what they're doing is that Fox Entertainment are working with their animation studio. Ben box entertainment um, and they're going to be creating like these series of nfts on the actual platform there so again of course given you know how popular these these uh, these animations and shows are they're very well positioned to be able to bring people to it because they of course own the ipr for these uh, these these nft creations engine has uh, the blockchain platform who also have an nft platform as well they've they've started uh, working with a company called virtual worlds to create photorealistic digital replicas of the Egyptian pyramids as NFTs, obviously, uh, with the you know the pyramids, um, you know, no, no, no one owns them as such. Uh, so you, you, you know, it's, it's not like these NFTs having any ownership attached to them um, in terms of the of the underlying thing that they represent. But at the same time, what they've done is virtual worlds create these very immersive kind of tours that you can go in, and they've they've created NFTs to kind of you know tie in with that, and so. Uh, people can kind of go and have these virtual tours um, and that people can actually claim NFTs um, within these 3D environments uh, and it's using the NFT platform uh, behind the scenes. So again, it's, it's a fun innovation to see it uh, going forward. CNN, have the news outlet, have announced that they're going to be offering historic news moments of NFTs. So it sounds quite similar to 
what Dapper Labs have done with NBA Top Shots in in terms of having historic basketball moments, but now they're they're focusing on news. So it's things like famous space travel, things that happened, uh, technological advancements, presidential elections. The actual project is being called Vault by CNN, Moments That Changed Us. It's going to be basically tokenized moments that spread back there over their whole 41-year history and comes along with a vault to actually um, you know show the NFTs too. They're going to be doing six weekly drops starting from late June um, and they've teased anyway that the first ones might be uh, around election results and space travels. Um, they're going to be working with the Flow blockchain from Dapper Labs. So you know, it kind of makes sense in terms of that tie in there. Again, it'll be fun to see. And given how successful Top Shots were, you'd expect to see that these will get quite a lot of traction as well, given how you know well-known um, a brand CNN is. Mattel, the toy company as well, they're creating... Uh, NFTs of their Hot Wheels cars. So for those of you who've, um, you know, most people probably remember these, they're still going strong, but it's like those small die cast cars. And what they're doing is they're creating uh, a number of Hot Wheel classics like their uh, Twin Mill, Bone Shaker and Diora 2. And the winner of this auction will um, be, they'll be able to pay um, using Ether for these NFTs. In the Ethereum metaverse on Decentraland, um, Republic Realm, a firm that invests in virtual real estate, has set a, a new record for a piece of well, digital real estate uh, in Decentraland. They've spent $913,000 on a piece of land there. So again, exactly you know what they're planning to build on that remains to be seen, but it's it's uh, you know certainly showing interest in the Decentraland platform. And then finally, uh, McLaren, the racing provider, have announced that they're going to be they've signed up with Tezos as a blockchain and NFT partner for them, and they're going to be creating NFTs aligned with uh, their Formula One, IndyCar, and esports e pursuits. That um, apparently they selected Tezos because of its uh, low carbon footprint. Of course, we know that with you know, the main um, one for NFTs, Ethereum, in this respect, it will be changing um, early next year. But it's, you know, of course, companies are concerned right now about the environmental impact. Moving on to our metrics, the crypto market cap is down just over seven and a half percent to one point four trillion. Dollars uh, assets locked in DeFi are down seven and a half percent as well to fifty three billion. The seven day NFT sales are actually up uh, just over eleven percent to twelve point three million, um, um, with an average price of five hundred dollars. That's all we have for this week. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast and uh, YouTube channel. Links to all items discussed are available in the show notes and on our website weekinblockchain.com. We also host a weekly clubhouse room every. Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. UK time to discuss the items we cover here. Thanks, and I'll see you next week.